0: Wednesday night, uh, we probably should have canceled, but we kept the doors open and you we know, almost have a repeat to it. Uh, you, you four, I think, uh, you, you for this, this side, left side Baptists, is here tonight here. We're glad that you guys are here. But uh, anyhow, uh, Galatians chapter one here, and this this is a gospel that brings freedom. The, this epistle, Paul's epistle to the Galatians is a treatise on the main, the of Christian liberty, of course, and. Uh, on purpose, I'm going to be a little bit redundant, but uh, uh, let's begin in verse number 6. I want to, read, want to read the whole chapter, starting verse 6 to the end. Just follow along with me as I read. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have rece- we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. I mean, you can't find any more stronger language in the Bible than verse 8 and verse 9. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Let's spend three or four minutes in review and uh, you see part of your outline is already filled in, of course, because this is material we've already gone over. But we see the verses 1 to 3, the salutation of one made free by the, the, by the gospel. And we see it was given by an apostle, the salutation, of course. And the, the gospel is all by God. But it's all by God. And uh, letter B on the worksheet, you see, given to the churches, called out assemblies, and then, thirdly, let her see this gospel of Christ that brings salvation as all of grace. And then we see the commendation of the one true gospel. We see the gospel centered entirely in the person. Christianity is Christ. And then we see later on that he paid the absolute, the entire price for our salvation, not part of it, but he paid all of it. Of our, uh, he bought, bought all of our salvation for us. He achieved the absolute purpose to deliver us from bondage. And then, of course, uh, this gospel that is purchased uh, uh, all by him gives, us, gives him all the glory. But then we, we kind of parked for a few minutes, a couple, three weeks ago now, on the con- con- condemnation of all false gospels. There are no other true gospels, verses six through nine that we just read, and we saw that God Satan has a counterfeit for everything. It's all filled in there for you. Counterfeit Bibles, counterfeit Christ, counterfeit spirits, counterfeit apostles, counterfeit ministers, counterfeit churches, and certainly a counterfeit salvation. I just give this illustration and I've given it a couple, three times, so I have to be careful uh, even just here because uh well, I mean I could tell you who let me just get to the point. <laughs> Uh, I had somebody that I met, a nice man, nice man, but he, uh, from a different church, I could tell you uh, the persuasion, but he believes that uh, and their church believes that uh, you have to perform a series of good works in order to go to heaven. Now that he would say that you have to receive Christ as your savior, but then you have to be baptized. And he didn't even, and we had a very gentlemanly and he talked for an hour. After I told him what I believed, he didn't even believe I was on my way to heaven. And I just, you know, I didn't get offended by that at all. I, in fact, I already knew he felt that way because I told him succinctly that our baptism had nothing to do with washing away sins. Now in his church, their baptism does, have, does wash away sins. And if you don't believe that it washes away sins, then you didn't have a valid baptism, so... He admitted to me, which I already knew, that their church would not accept our baptism. And I, I don't have a problem with that. Of course, they wouldn't accept our baptism. Because we don't believe that our baptism saves anybody. Their church, you're not even saved until you get baptized. If you haven't been baptized, you're not saved. So he has, now I would ask you a question. Is that another gospel? Well, I hate to inform you. I think it is another gospel. Now, is he a Christian? Now, here's where I'm, we haven't got to Galatians chapter 3 yet. But I think it's possible, oh foolish Galatians, to begin in the f- spirit but be, be misled and be, fall into a work of salvation even though you've been saved by grace. So I, the jury's still out on that one and we'll look at this as we draw closer to Galatians 3 and Galatians 2 talks about this. But we have these counterfeit gospels. I'm trying to tell you that salvation and I think verses 8 and 9 of our text is telling us over and over and over again there is no, Paul wants to make it as clear as he can. There is no other gospel than that which you have preached unto you. If anybody perverts that gospel, adds to it, subtracts to it, let him be a curse. That's a, those are strong words. Those are, that means, some, means anathema. It means to be literally damned by God. Now with that, we're going to move forward here tonight here and get to verses 10 through 23. And I think for time's sake, I'm not going to read all the verses. We'll go reread as we get there. So verse number 10 Paul is, begins, he says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. He said, I don't, let me, let me give you Marty Schott slang here, vernacular. He just says, I don't care if anybody preaches any of the gospel, let them be accursed. He says it twice. He's so dogmatic, so so in your face about this. He said, what do you think, uh, I'm trying to persuade God of this truth, he says, or or men. He says, I'm going to tell you this is the way it is, period. That there's one gospel, and that gospel is salvation through Christ alone. That he saves, he does all the saving, 100% of the saving. I'm going to give you the true gospel. This whole treatise now, starting from verse 9 to the end of the book, is really giving us this true gospel that's without works, it's all by grace. And then it's going to be a refutation of what we call what we know of as legalism. And so we see this. He says uh, uh, in verse number 10 again here, and on the worksheet here. So uh, let's, I guess I didn't give you the word. The, the revelation of the free gospel is the, the, the soundbite here, verses 10 to 13. The revelation of the free gospel. I don't, don't, know if you, I don't think you had that word down on your worksheet. You got to fill in the blank, right? The revelation of the free gospel. Oh, it is, okay, well, you're supposed to fill that in, but anyhow, not that it matters. But, uh, so letter A, the gospel is not revealed by man. In other words, man, Paul said, I didn't, I didn't come up with this gospel on my own. This is not, you know, there's, there's, there's two ways to go to heaven. I'm being facetious. People think there's, there's God's way and man's way. And Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but at the end of, thereof are the ways of death. Man's religion is all wrapped up in do. Think about it. And you just any religion you want to take. We always pick on the Jehovah Witnesses. It's a religion of doing. It's a religion of works. Hinduism. Buddhism. Just take your pick. Mohammedism. Name your religion. And then false Christianity all deals with works. Uh, we're a you know, friendly audience tonight. It's not a Sunday morning crowd, so I can just say it bluntly. You know, and I had to be careful. You know, when we're dealing with uh, Sunday morning, we had Tom here, sat right in the front row. And uh, Tom's a Roman Catholic all his life. Well, he thinks this right here, and I'm pointing to the community table, is a sacrament. They, they think, you think of all the people that think that salvation is, has some works in it, whether it be Catholic, whether it be Protestant, whether it be some Baptist. It could be anybody. And all these different isms and religions. But Paul said, I certify, verse number number 11, let's begin, let's move forward here. He says, if, I, if I'm trying to please men, if I'm not telling you what God said, he says, I'm not the servant of Christ. He says, Listen, I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's buttressing, he's beginning to lay the groundwork that what I'm giving you is not from man, it's not even from me, it's from God Almighty. Period. And he's, he's in, to use again uh, some slang, he's in your face about this. He's not immense in any words. He says verse number 11, but I certify you. Now we, we know that that certify, uh, you know, you get an important document. Uh, we had plenty just recently where we had something at the church where we needed a notary public. We had to get a stamp. Somebody from, we had to certify that what we were saying is the absolute truth. And Paul uses this word, certified. The word means it's uh, gnornizo. It means to, to make known or to let, let me assure you. And again, Paul's saying, let me tell you how it is. I'm certifying unto you, brethren, that the gospel, verse 11, which was preached of me, is not after man. Now he's going to go on and say, and he said this several other times in his writings now, just for the record, one more time, the Bible is a theanthropic union. The big words, I know, but you, you know this word already. Theos is the word for, help me out, God, right? God-inspired. Anthropos is the word, anthropology is the study of man, right? It's the word for man. So the Bible is a theanthropic union. Every single word of my Bible in your Bible is written by men. That's true, 100% of it but 100% was written by God. We're going to look at, uh, I was already starting to study for, first, uh, for the message on Sunday. We'll preach on the greatest mystery of God. God was manifested in flesh. There's a, Jesus Christ was a theanthropic union. He was all man, yet all God. He was a God-man. This book is, this is, this is a God-breathed book, but it's written all by man. And so Paul says, I certify unto you, brethren, but he's letting us know that even though he wrote these words, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And this is not my own thoughts. These are, this is from God Almighty, okay? So I, I know I'm reinforcing this. And it's important that you know this. So we get to verse number 12 then. For I neither received it of man, that would include himself, Neither was I taught it. He didn't learn it in academics. In in academics, he didn't learn from other apostles. But by revelation of Jesus Christ, that word revelation there, that that word has to do with, uh, notice what Paul declared. He says, uh, and he had that Damascus Road experience. It's the word apocalypto. Uh, we have the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the, the apocalyptos. It's almost a, two, two, two words from the same root. He said, I received this unveiling by Jesus Christ. He's the one that revealed it to me. You know, when I heard, and I, I had, you know, my use my version of my Damascus Road experience. Hopefully we've all had it. To, I should have put you guys all together so I don't have to keep you doing this. But anyhow, uh, 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 I had the Damascus Road experience? Oh, 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 thank you. That's kind of you. Okay, you, you don't uh, now you're making me feel bad. Okay, okay, there, there we go. Now I don't have to do this back and forth. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So Paul said, you know, I had this unveiling. Now when I when I heard that preacher preach for me, my Damascus Road experience, I've given the story many times. But I was a little boy, that eleven-year-old boy in a little Baptist church in Ohio. Preacher preached on hell. I didn't want to go there, and he said there was a you know had to receive Jesus as your Savior. Man, I went forward. the Preacher took me to his back office. I prayed a simple prayer. The dumb little kid that I was, I might have known John three sixteen. In fact, I did know John three sixteen. I think he knew Psalm twenty three. And I, you know, now took me some years. You've heard my story, testimony many times, but I got to the point where. I know. I know whom I believed in. I know that I w- was born again. I know that Jesus came into my heart. I can't explain it to some people. Uh, the, the fellow that's in my office uh, uh, just used it from another church. He didn't really think I was even a Christian because I don't even. You know, it's like it, it didn't. It, it didn't make me offend. It didn't offend me. It almost tickled me in some in some carnal way. I suppose it's like I. I know I'm God's child. You can't talk me out of this one, buddy. You know, uh, but I knew uh, I had received Christ as my Savior when, when we go back to Acts chapter nine. Remember Paul's Damascus Road, Saul so of Tarsus, is his Damascus Road experience. He saw the great light, and he heard God speak to him. And but the, two more times he gives a testimony later on in, later on in the book of Acts, twice so he gives his testimony to leaders, and he's telling how. That he he had this experience. One time he says the men that were with me heard. Another time he says they didn't hear, but they didn't hear with understanding. That's the whole point. To me, salvation was revealed so simple is what I'm trying to say. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I didn't deserve it. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And I put my simple faith and childlike faith and trust in Him alone. And to me, that is so clear, so simplistic, so profound, so, so duh. Pardon my slang. That I don't know why other people can't see it. It's so simple. Why would you not? Why would you want to? Why would you want to resist that? Why would you want to go to hell? And yet we meet people every day of our lives. Said duh. Don't give me that religious stuff. Don't give me that Jesus stuff. Paul said, let me tell you something. I got this. I certify to you. I'm telling you how it is. I got this not from all my great upbringing, my Harvard education that I had, my school of Gamaliel, the best education in the world. I didn't get it from any of that stuff. I got it because Jesus Christ came down and touched my, revealed himself to me. So we get to verse number 13. And he says, for, oh boy. I get, it. I just got these cheaters on here, and they're, they're not the real deal. But anyhow, there it is. I just got focused. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. Now that word "conversation," that's our old King James archaic English. Admittedly, we don't. That word means more than just our speech. Our, it means our our lifestyle, our citizenship, our. Our, our way of life. For have you heard of my way of life in time past in the Jewish religion? How that I beyond measure, I was head, head and shoulders above everybody else in regards to this subject of this uh, job of persecution. I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And so we see in verse number 13, uh, by the way, up at the top there, and I guess I didn't give you the fill in the blanks here, but at the top it says, "Of our worksheet, as a man he thought himself to be safe because of religion. He had the right religion. He had the Jewish religion. He was right. End the story, he was so right that he was going to put down this 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 Christian cult. This 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 idea that Jesus was Nazareth was." Uh, the, was the Messiah. He, he was a blasphemer as far as Paul's concerned. And he said, beyond measure, I knew I was so right. And the Jewish religion is right. You know, how many people there are, are there in our world be around us that they're, they're right whatever their ism is? They're right and everybody else is wrong. And they even would kill for it. I mean, you, know, you think of the, you know, the you know, phrase Allah Akbar, you know as uh, the, the, the jihadi or the, the terrorist is going to kill the infidels. And he, he, he or she believes with all their heart. They believe with every fire where they're being that they're doing God's service. Paul said, I, I, you know who I was. You know what I used to believe. And he, and he said, I was secure in that. I, a lot of people are secure in their religion. Uh, back, by the way, back to letter B here. Let me just fill in. The, I don't know if I'll give you A, B, C. So let me give you that right now. This gospel is not revealed by man, letter A. This gospel is, not re, is, not, is, is by the revelation of Christ, uh, letter B, verse 12. Letter C, I might as well give you that now, too. We'll come back to that. But this gospel becomes Paul's gospel. He calls it my gospel three times in uh, the book of Romans, as a matter of fact. But it wasn't his gospel. Before it was his gospel, Paul thought everything was okay because he had the right religion. And uh, that Christianity was a cult. And then we get to verse 14. This is where we we, we just had a little, we parked here last week, last Wednesday night, with just a handful of us that were here, the smaller than the handful that we got tonight. But anyhow, and profited... I say, he said, Listen, I had my religion. I was safe. I was secure. I had, I had it down. I had the right religion, the Jews' religion. So much so, I was so in right, I persecuted beyond measure the church of God and wasted it. And I felt proud and good about it. I knew I was doing God's service. And then he says, And profited in the Jews' religion above many mine equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions. Of my fathers, now let me just let you know that there was a pecking order. The Jews were were very; they're all about. They, even to this day, there are many Jewish people are very all into education, of course, and uh, hierarchy or understanding of life and so forth, and ladder climbing and so forth. Paul, Saul of Tarsus, he came from the right. He was not only a Jew, but he was a Roman. I mean, he had it. He had it all going for him. In fact, and I wanted to take time. Well, let's just take time. Let's just. We're going to end at a certain time anyhow. So go to Philippians chapter three. I want you to see this, and see his credentials. I mean, he had all the credentials. Several passages of scripture to talk about Paul's credentials. It says, uh, referring to Philippians chapter three, uh, verse number four: Though I might have all confidence in the, have, pardon me, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man think, thinketh that he hath, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Paul said, listen, you want to you wanna count credit, credibility, credentials? I'll take anybody on in the, in the room. He said, I'll take anybody on in my, in the country. And he says, listen, I got it all. He was boasting. Somebody says it's not boasting if you can do it, if you've, if you've done it. Look what he says, verse number five. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. He wasn't of the branches. He was of the stock. He was the real deal. There were only two, two choice tribes, the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. Look what it says. and uh, Of the, the, the tribe of Benjamin. In Hebrew of the Hebrews. He said, I'm at the very core. As touching the law, he just said to say one phrase, one word, a Pharisee. Beat that. Nobody could beat that. He already knew the first five books of Moses by heart, the Torah. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, he said, I was, I persecuted that wicked church, that, that cult church that believed in Jesus. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. From the time he was a little boy, he was groomed to be what he was. And then, of course, he said, Yea, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus, Christ Jesus our Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may, be, may win Christ. So we get back to uh, Galatians chapter 1 now, verse 14. He said, I, I started to say there was a pecking order. And Paul, some believe that he was not just groomed at the best of schools, which he was, the school of Gamaliel. I uh, mentioned last week, again. that would be like going to Harvard. That would be like going to Cambridge, uh, Oxford. I mean, this is, this is the school. And he wasn't just at the school, he was at the top of his class. And I mentioned in last week again, Gamaliel was schooled by, he was under the school of Hillel, and I'll tell you more about Hillel in a minute. but Hillel was the, he was the Albert Einstein of Judaism. And if you trained under Hillel, you trained under the greatest scholar there ever was. Well, Gamaliel trained under Hillel, and then Paul trained under him. And at this point in time, there's no doubt that we know that Hillel is dead. We know that Gamaliel probably was dead too at this point in time. And uh, either that or he's an old man. Paul should have been the next guy in the ladder. He should be elected the president of the Sanhedrin. He's, he, this guys he's, he's a brainiac. He's, he's, he's got it all going for him. Bridges, education, the right schooling, the acumen, the, the, the eloquency, all, he's got it all. And so he, he begins to say this, verse 14, and then he goes on to this, and he says this, he, he knew the, uh, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. He knew the tradition, and I, I mentioned it last week, I'll say it again. He knew the first five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy by heart basically about 350 pages on an average-sized page. To, and he knew all 350 pages by heart. But then he knew the Mishnah, uh, the, uh, the Madras, excuse me, which was written in 443 B.C. or began to be written around that time. And that was the the exposition and interpretation of the Hebrew Scriptures. To give you an idea, the Madras and the the, the, the Midrash and the Mishnah make up the Talmud. The Talmud is 523 books, 23 printed in 23 volumes. I want you to picture the, the Encyclopedia Britannica. Remember those days? Now I want you to picture 23 of these volumes. And this was the, between the Midrash, written for a period of over 200 years, the interpretation, they took every verse of the Old Testament Especially of the Torah, and they, they, they basically wrote messages. and then they put them in volumes. And these volumes are still when I went to the wedding wall, the Western wall in Jerusalem, the, the Jews, the men, there were, they're, they're down there were their books, were their, their Talmud part, sections of their book, and I saw their libraries. I mean, just I mean, cover the wall. These volumes of encyclopedias studying this stuff, Paul said, "Listen. I knew every word of Moses. Not only did I know every word of Moses, but I knew all 523 volumes. I mean, do you understand how much education this guy had? And he was just... And then the, the Mishnah, by the way, came around in 200 uh, B.C. And uh, it brought the two schools of thought. And another time, I should give you more detail when about Shammai. Shammai became the legalist. There were two competing... Uh, this was the, the, the Ford, Chevy, the Coke, Pepsi thing. The, uh, uh, this is the Apple, Macintosh thing or the Apple, Microsoft thing. This was the, these are the two guys, Shemai and Hillel. And you were in one school or another. And Shemai was the more legalist of the two. Hillel became more, uh, in, more uh, uh, adopted the Grecian logic. And the brought logic to the equation. And, and so, and, and, and Paul was of the school of Hillel. Just for the record, just to give you an idea, see, if you were of the school of Shammai, Jesus said the salvation is of the who? Jews. Do we have any Jews here tonight? No, of course not. If you were of the school of Shammai, can, you know, you, there's no salvation outside of Jewry, period. You don't have a hope. You're done. You're, you're. But Hillel said, no. No, there's even, there could be a small amount of hope for even these Gentiles if they convert. And so Paul was of the Saul of Tarsus who was out of that school. But yet he still was steeped in all this religion. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to, I know I'm beating this horse as hard as I can for a while. Because I want you to see, because these verses lay the groundwork for the rest of this book. Paul knew... About legalism. Paul knew that you could not add anything to salvation. And we're going to, I tell you what, I'm going to be true to my word. I got five minutes, so, so bear with me. We'll use all five minutes up. Let's go to uh, Matthew 23. And I want you to consider the, the difference between religion and the relationship between salvation and that's all done in Christ and performance. Jesus Christ, when in Matthew 23, it's he Scourges. I mean, he rails on. You know, I don't make it a practice of calling people a bunch of snakes from the pulpit. Did you notice that? I don't call you know generation of vipers. I don't. I don't use uh, you whited sepulchers. You dead. Uh, Jesus used those words, and he used it with the religious crowd, the people that were supposedly the closest to him, or the people that were supposedly looking for the Messiah. We know we're talking about the scribes and Pharisees. He called them hypocrites. I mean, there's one thing if I do it in, in kind of kidding, but if I were to be serious with you, you know, and start picking on you, Allison, I'll pick on you. Just, Allison, you're a hypocrite. There, how you like that, huh? Sonny, you're a wedded sepulcher. And I can't even do it without laughing. But, but I mean, this, this is language Jesus used. I think he was trying to get a point across. He didn't like what these Pharisees were teaching. Is that the understatement of the day? So look what it says. It says, uh, Matthew 23. Don't take my glasses off here. I'm blind as a bat again. If I, uh, Where am I there? Matthew 23, starting verse number three. We just got time for a couple more verses here. Verse three. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe. Uh, Jesus is talking to the followers of... Uh, that ye observe and do, he says, don't try to rock the boat. Be you know, obey your leaders, but do ye, but do not ye after their works, for they say and they do not. They said, I think Jesus was basically saying, you know, they're saying some things that are right. You know, I'll give you an example later on in the text. I believe the tithing is in the New Testament because we read about this tithing in in this very chapter here. But once again, uh, it's one thing to say, tithe, give 10% of your money, that's an order. Uh, it's another thing to do it out of grace and with grace and love. It makes all the difference in the world. And the disciples, the apostles, or the apostles, the Pharisees, they they held to some things that were right, but their attitude was wrong. And they, they did it in the wrong way. And so we you get to verses four and five, this is a punchline here. Uh, we'll, Try to wrap up here. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne. They lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. He said, they put burdens on you. What are the burdens? They had the Law of Moses, 350 pages. They couldn't even obey that, so they make 23 volumes of Encyclopedia Britannica. They said, now you've got to follow these. And they, they added... They, this is a form of religion. And I ended in, uh, well, let's read verse number five and make a summary. But all their works they do to be seen of men. They may broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. And then in the uppermost, the chapter just goes on. He just scathingly just rebukes them. I ended last week with the same way I'll end this week here. Uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm humbled that you came to church on a Wednesday night. with We don't have special music tonight. We have no uh, special speaker tonight. You got me. It's a cold night out there. It's tough to come on out. And, and uh, I don't want to blame anybody for not coming. Uh, people work hard and so forth and so on. You can't make it to every midweek service. I get it and understand. Now, I could get fair sick if I wanted to about this and say, if you're right with God, you need to get to church on Wednesday night. And I say that, I've said, sometimes we say preachers give that implication. If you really love the Lord, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Well, let me ask you in uh, humble, I'm not trying to bait you at all. How many love the Lord here tonight? Say amen. I think everybody loves the Lord tonight. To, you, to one degree or another, we all, you wouldn't even be here tonight if you didn't have a semblance. I don't think anybody came for fear. <gasps> if I don't come, Pastor Shot's going to be upset at me. I hope nobody, nobody said, pardon me, can I be slang with you. Nobody here is that stupid. I don't think anybody would be that dumb to think that, oh, Pastor Chuck's going to be upset if I don't come to church. Of course I want you to come to church. But I didn't want our senior saints to come if they're going to slip and fall on us. I was surprised to see Janet here. No, fa- You're not a senior saint, I know. but you know. It's, ice. I'm it's ice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Paul, Paul is laying the groundwork. He's, he's laying the groundwork. He says, listen, I know religion. I, I'm an expert at religion. but he's, And he's laying in these first few verses, verses 1 to 14. He says, I'm telling you, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the gospel of Christ. I'm talking about freedom that's found in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and he, he begins to launch. And he's going to stand Peter to the face. He's going he's to call Christians that fall into this works, legalism, foolish Galatians. He's going to say, "Stand fast therefore in the liberty where Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage." You know, Jesus loves us. This I know, for the Bible tells me so, and He loves me. And uh, you know, we've said it over and over again, many times. So, but He loves me like He loves the Apostle Paul, and He loves me. I don't want to be silly with you, but more than He loves you, that's how I feel. But it's not, that's not the truth. He loves me as much as He loves you. I mean, that's what type of God we have. He loves us with this unconditional, wonderful love of Christ. And I'm going to heaven, and you're going to heaven. If you're going to heaven, you're going to heaven because all of Him and none of us. None. Zero. Zilch. We're part of zero, don't you understand? Hey, let's close in a word of prayer, and we'll pick this up, Lord willing, with it. hopefully a larger crowd next Wednesday night It's a plan, anyhow. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just amazed that salvation is all by grace. And why should it not be bowed by grace? It couldn't be by works, because all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Paul was the best there was. Saul of Tarsus was the best Pharisee there was, and yet all of his righteousness he kind of but dung. Lord, when he saw the other side of the coin, he realized your righteousness and his righteousness. Lord, it was like gold to well, he said the words, Lord. And, uh, Lord, our, we have no righteousness in our ourselves. We're just humbled that you love us so much that, Lord, you, you, you paid it all for our salvation. We thank you for it, Lord. I pray you bless our church body, bless our church family, bless those that couldn't come out tonight, Lord. And, Lord, we do think of the, the Vicki Crowley and uh, her family, especially, this time of loss. And I pray that some of them would get back into the house and some of them would start coming to church again, we pray. This, this is my blessing, we pray, and I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And all God's people said.